everyone, we have Dr. Sikora here tonight. She's a doctor of medicine practicing regenerative medicine, which we will learn about in a few. Dr. Sikora and I connected on Instagram a few months ago. We have a mutual connection, which is one of my mentors, Dr. Sigai. And I looked at her page and I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. I've heard about regenerative medicine before. I had the really bad acne throughout high school and college and I've always wanted the PRP facial. What is this all about? What is the stem cell treatments? But basically the star of our live stream tonight is Dr. Sikora. Do you have any opening statements for us first, Dr. Sikora? Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I've, I've been looking at all the stuff you do and I mean, you know, just being in New York and seeing what you lived through with COVID and treating people first, you know, all those patients first line and being a frontline responder. So I just want to thank you for that. What you're doing in cardiac nursing, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so thank you for inviting me. Thank uh, you so much. Um, yeah, I think we both, just from following you, I think we both really share a love of learning. Um, that's part of what I do. And it's, it's exciting to find, um, you know, I never, I, I, the social media, I've just really gotten into the past maybe few months. I mean, of course, you know, it takes a lot of time yes. to really learn a lot. Um, I've learned a lot of treatments, a lot of what other doctors and, and centers are doing on that, that I, I wouldn't have found just Googling or, yeah. so, so I guess thanks uh, for, you know, for helping me see the, the social media. Of course. Thank you so and, much. So yeah, just a little bit about myself. Um, I actually did train in New York City. I went to, um, I did my residency in physical medicine and rehabilitation at New York Presbyterian, which is Columbia and Cornell. I mean, New York is an amazing place, so much pathology. Then I moved to Florida. I was in a big orthopedic group for several years, and then I started my own practice in 2017. A lot of different things. I still do my traditional physical medicine rehab, but then as part of that is, is where I started learning about regenerative medicine. And I think the department there in New York is actually called the Department of Rehabilitation yes. Medicine. But when they, you know, that was many, many years ago, they changed the name. And at that time, I didn't really know anything about it. So, you know, one of your questions was about how do you get into this field or do you need, is there a prerequisite? Well, it's fairly new field. I don't know of any specific, well, actually, I think there are some fellowships coming um, now. Yeah, because there's no specific residency for uh, regenerative medicine, right? I don't even know about that. No. Um, I, I think most people get into it through different avenues. Mm -hmm. I learned it all pretty much on my own going to courses and conferences. There are some very big um, orthobiologics conferences that meet every year. And people in the specialties, I mean, it's not necessarily a board certified specialty that most of the people are board certified in other mm -hmm. um, pain management or physical medicine rehab, anesthesia. I met some internists that have interest and learned about it. Wow. I mean, uh, orthopedic surgeons are, are using it as well. So it, it is a broad field. I mean, it's used in dentistry. It's used in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of different ways regenerative medicine is used. It's not really just one specialty that's using it. So I guess that's my intro. That's me. Yes. I do a lot of, basically what I see myself is um, doing integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. I still do the traditional allopathic. I can give you a medication. I can, you know, treat your, your symptoms, but I'm also looking more for the, the source of it and to prevent mm -hmm. illness. Um, mm -hmm. And we're medicine comes in is that you know you're really trying to regenerate tissues and heal tissues 
and um, help people heal more naturally. So yeah. that's really what draws me to that. Yeah, what's interesting and amazing about regenerative medicine is it's basically harnessing the body's own powers to heal its own. So right. for those who don't know, it's like we have our own ways of healing ourselves. Like even inflammation is a mode of body's healing of its own. And that, that's why I was so interested with regenerative medicine looking upon your page, which we'll see all the different modalities. And like you said, um, Dr. Sikora, is that it's an emergent science, basically. It's not, there, I, I believe there's no part in the curriculum of medical school where it's like the block is, unlike cardiovascular, respiratory, right. pulmonary, there's no regenerative or integrative medicine. So the way you get up to date with these practices is through conferences, you said, right? Uh, yes, conferences, different courses I've attended. Uh, I'm part of some different organizations that have webinars every week. There's one called the American Academy of Stem Cell Physicians that has weekly webinars. Um, there, there are several different organizations that do that. There's a big conference called TOBI, which is um, mm -hmm. a logics conference. Thousands of people attend every year. Um, so this year, they all went virtual. Um, Got it. You know, it's actually been kind of nice. I've been um, learning a lot more this year in terms of sitting at the computer and listening to webinars and having, sure. um, I mean, it's, you know, the hands-on hasn't really been there. That's mm -hmm. that part you do need at these, but a lot of times at the courses, you know, you go to a 45 minute, you know, they show you how to do a procedure. It's not mm -hmm. enough anyway. Mm -hmm. So you do the course or the conference and then you still have to continue learning. Um, For sure. I have heard of a couple people doing regenerative fellowships, so I think oh, wow. down the road, I think that will become uh, a bigger field, especially as more research is done. And um, so I do see that, you know, in a few years that probably they, there will be more fellowship opportunities in that. Yeah, because one of the pre-submitted questions is actually, does regenerative medicine have a space in the hospital field? Uh, yes. Um, so actually, I'll tell you, like today, I was in my clinic uh, seeing a patient, and he asked me about PRP for his elbow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, currently, the insurance companies don't cover that. He was able, um, he was a young gentleman, he had avascular necrosis, where the, the bones basically die, because the blood vessels stop bringing blood into the bones, and nobody really knew why. Um, but he actually was able to go to the Mayo Clinic and have bone marrow taken from his um, and put into the hips and knees where he had the avascular necrosis. And um, it was covered under his diagnosis. So, um, there are some, um, some ways that, that hospitals do get it covered. I, mm -hmm. I also think that um, PRP can be covered when it's part of a surgical procedure. Mm -hmm. So that's different than an office setting. Um, there is also a lot of, of money being put into research. The NIH, mm -hmm. I forget the number now. I just looked it up. There, there were, um, there, there, they've been giving a lot of money for regenerative research, and most of that is going to university hospital settings. Wow. Um, like I've heard just, I'm in Florida. Um, I know the University of Miami is doing a lot of stem cell research, and they've also been doing some trials with COVID and giving stem cells. Mm -hmm. That. So they're definitely, I do see this down the road um, becoming more available in hospital settings. Yeah, actually here in Mount Sinai where I work, they started a stem cell treatment 
like in conjunction with the antibody treatments for COVID-19. So there's definitely a big wide array of space for regenerative medicine in the the mainstream healthcare. Trial that they're doing? I'm sorry? Is that a clinical trial? Yes, yes. They started it, I believe, last summer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. have any idea what kind of results they're seeing? Not yet, because they're coupling it with the vaccine um, results as well. So I think they're pending to release a whole report on it. So it's very exciting. So we've delved a lot into so many things already in just a small amount of time. And since you mentioned it already, let it be our first topic, which is PRP. What is? So the moment I posted it on my stories where... It's like this yellow fluid and then people talking about hair regrowth. Everyone started messaging me saying, I need this. Uh What is this? And actually, I just found out from the American Hair Society that around 35 million men and 21 million women in the United States alone suffer from hair loss. And according to a survey they did, about 47% of people would put their life savings to restore a full head of hair. So You and I they need to do that but yeah. it is um, hair loss is basically kind of like an epidemic at this point yeah. so and that's where you come in basically is where regenerative medicine comes in which is where prp comes in so i do have pictures and videos okay. that i can show while you're talking okay so i'll put the stage on you dr sikora and explain it to us thank you so much um, so prp stands for platelet rich plasma it comes from your blood um, the, you know, the blood has red cells, white blood cells, and platelets. Platelets are really small. Um, they have granules that contain growth factors. So what happens is we take the blood and we prepare it and we spin it down, special centrifuge. Um, in my office, we do a double spin. So we spin it twice. What you're doing is you're concentrating the platelets and you remove the other Uh, the white cells and the red blood cells. Oh, there I am getting blood draw. And there's my nurse practitioner doing that. After it is spun, you get the the thin layer at the bottom, which has all the growth factors. It's called the Buffy coat. Um, And then we actually take that out and we use it for all kinds of regenerative purposes. Um, Hair and face is is the cosmetic part I do. Um, In, you know, in the hair, like you said, a lot of people have thinning hair and there aren't a lot of options. Um, usually what I'll do first is check labs to make sure somebody doesn't have a, a reason, um, a thyroid problem, or hormonal issue going on. And if there is something metabolic, then we would treat that. If I don't find anything, then, you know, especially male pattern baldness, there aren't a lot of options. You know, there's a uh, minoxidil foam, there's um, finasteride, which is a pill, but traditionally they don't regrow a lot of hair and that's what studies show. Um, so this is really exciting that you can actually take that, um, that gold colored PRP from your body and you just, I numb the scalp and I do some nerve blocks also. And that's me injecting one of my patients. Um, and you know, he's actually had great results. He has quite Mm -hmm large area basically what you're doing is you're injecting very tiny um, amounts throughout where he has the thinning hair and it's stimulating inactive or dormant hair follicles to become active so there are different phases of the follicles some are active some are inactive 
and then um, you have to have some follicles for this. Mm -hmm. Like if you have completely no hair follicles, this isn't going to work. Um, and in his case, he's had wonderful results. Um, I also tell people to boost it with the, the minoxidil Rogaine foam that acts more at the follicle to prevent death of the follicle as well. It has to mm -hmm. do with um, hormonal issues. So um, I'm getting really good results with it. Um, you know, I also use it. You were mentioning the, the vampire facial or the PRP facial. Um, I'll micro needle it or inject it in the face. Uh, I think that's what you see there. That's my nurse. Um, she's got beautiful skin, but we were um, just my, yeah, we're micro needling it there. And what again you're doing is those, those platelet granules that you break up in the machine have all these growth factors. The growth factors stimulate your body to heal and regenerate. It stimulates your body to make more stem cells. Um, so you're again using your own body to really heal. So how do you think um, PRP for hair regrowth fares with standalone like finasteride or someone asked about low light therapies for hair regrowth? Um, so studies do show, and I was looking through all the literature yesterday, trying to, you know, getting ready for this. And I'm not going to sit and quote all these studies and bore you, but the studies do show that PRP works better than the medications. Mm -hmm. Laser helps. Um, again, I find the PRP combined with the laser and the um, Rogaine foam actually works really well because you're, you're attacking it from different levels. You're putting PRP to stimulate the follicle to become activated. And then you're blocking the, the follicle from dying again when you're putting the, the foam and the laser. So um, it's multifactorial. If you can do all the treatments, you're going to do yeah. the better. The studies show PRP does work well. Uh, you generally, I recommend a series of three PRP treatments mm -hmm. about a month apart. And it can take about three months to see results. Mm -hmm. and, um, I've had, you know, most people do get 30 to 40% noticeable difference in their hair growth. Given that PRP is autologous or coming straight from your own body, does that also minimize the side effects that you would have, like, let's say with finasteride, which is known for sexual dysfunction and stuff like that? Does it minimize these side yeah. effects given that it's from our own body? Yes, there really are minimal side effects. Um, you know, you can always have a little soreness with injections. And there's always a risk of bleeding and infection. Mm -hmm. I've never had any of that. I mean, I've had a couple people say they did feel a little sore for a day or so, but that resolves and you can use ice or ibuprofen, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, there's really minimal risk with it. And no, long term, they don't get really any side effects. They don't feel anything. They're, they're happy to see some hair follicles grow. Yeah, for sure. Aside from hairy growth and also vampire facials are there other uses for prp because i've been hearing also of like joint pain and stuff yeah. like that well that's actually how i got into it is my like i told mm -hmm. you i'm in physical medicine and that's my original that's where i started using it is in joints um mm -hmm. tendinitis arthritis rotator cuff tears um bursitis um so yes and it actually there was a study back in 2015 there were 160 patients they did um they compared knee injections with prp to hyaluronic acid which is like a gel and they found that the prp patients had better outcomes mm -hmm. uh, they've also done a lot of studies with tendinitis of the elbow and found that those patients do well. Like I said, it's also used in dentistry and wound yeah. care because what it does is it regenerates tissue and stimulates healing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so absolutely. I use it in joints a lot. Um, that's mm-hmm. actually how I started. And then I went to these courses and while I was there, they would mention these other uses of it. Um, and then there are also sexual uses. You can, yeah. I, um, it's called the O or the B, the P shot. Use it for, you know, erectile dysfunction and women for decreased libido and um, to help with vaginal rejuvenation. It's a very versatile thing. <laughs> uh, I, I do a lot of joints with it as well. Mm-hmm. Elbows, knees, shoulders, and I do get good results. I know one of your other questions was like, is it a one and done shot? Mm-hmm. It really depends on the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is. And in general, it, it can take up to a month to work because it's not a cortisone shot where it's a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Your, your body, you know, as you know, it takes time to make more cells and heal and repair. So I usually tell people to give it at least about a month to see if they get an effect and then to wait a few more months. And if they're still continuing to have problems, we may need to repeat it. You know, I don't have a hard and fast rule on that that you need mm-hmm. to, other than the hair, I do say you need a series of three mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Um, the face also, when I've done the microneedling with the face, I've told some people they should do three, but they're so happy with one or two, they, they don't, they don't need any more, you know, so everybody does respond differently. Yeah. And in relation again, um, to the joint pains and for injuries, do you think this can be an alternative to surgery or it's just like, absolutely. Or it is. Um, so again, my, I'm in a non-operative specialty, but Mm -hmm. That I've worked in orthopedic groups and um, I do a lot of op- orthopedics all day as part of my special. So that's a lot of what I'm doing is helping people avoid surgery that don't want it. Or so you know, and again, it, it, if your if your joint is very very damaged, like bone on bone, it, it may be too far gone. If you get it earlier with a mild arthritis, you you really can help regenerate and heal. Um, same thing with tendonitis. You know, if you have a tendon sprain or strain, you can really help it heal and repair. You know, if it's a partial tear, yeah. if it's bad full thickness tear, it, it may not. Um, I have also treated people who had surgery already. Uh, my nurse practitioner, her um, brother-in-law had actually injured his hand. He had broken his hand. He had a plate put in. Um, and after the surgery, he was still having a lot of scar tissue and pain. And he went back to the surgeon and told him he needs another surgery. And this gentleman did not want another surgery. So I said, let's try some PRP. And I injected all the areas with the scar tissue. And he's doing so much better. Um, wow. He had a range of motion. His pain is gone. And he was able to avoid that second surgery. So that, like I said, also um, in surgical procedures, um, they will put PRP in as well to help the area heal. So it's not, you know, like I said, it can actually help augment surgical outcomes. Oh, that's amazing. And it's really a big thing to get the word out around about PRP. I mean, I think there's mm-hmm. there's people who are very aware about it, but mm-hmm. also according to what happened in my stories, a lot of people were asking, what is that? What is this? Yeah. So I never heard bit, about it. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. It was a few years ago that I went, yeah. but uh, I didn't hear yeah. about it, like I said, till I started going to these courses. Yeah, so I think it also goes back to the previous question of if it, if it has space in the hospital system. And yes, if we can avoid things like surgery and stuff like that for things that are appropriate for PRP, then why not, right? This is amazing. Yeah. And again, you know, it is not covered right now by insurance mm-hmm. um, as an outpatient. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, I've gone to these uh, courses in, in Europe 
And um, there, because they do have different medical systems, um, a lot of them are getting PRP, the patients, because they're waiting for a long time for a joint replacement. Mm -hmm. And the cost is a lot less. They're telling yeah. me uh, they can get the procedure for 50 or 100 euros um, and maybe avoid a surgery. So I think that's a lot of it, too, is that, um, you know, part of it, it, it is a lot of out-of-pocket costs mm -hmm. here. Um, if we can try, you know, if it can become more um, accessible to everybody, yeah. I, I mean, it would really help. That, like, there, like you said, there's not a lot of downside with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, even the PRP facial itself, it's quite expensive. Um, even, yeah. especially in the outpatient esthetician clinics, yeah. um, it, it can reach up to a grand just for one session of PRP facial. Yeah. Why my nurse was thrilled we were doing it on her yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm willing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it, again, there's, there's minimal risk with it. Mm -hmm. So if, and again, even with aesthetics, you can avoid um, fillers or a facelift, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. So someone's asking about rheumatoid arthritis, given that it's autoimmune, does that bar the effectivity of PRP and stem cell treatments? It, it may, it depends. A lot of times people on, with rheumatoid arthritis are on steroids mm -hmm. and other, you know, suppressive medications. Um, steroids can prevent the st um, stem cells from increasing and healing. They, they may not be the best candidate for it, for the procedure. Mm -hmm. I actually do have one gentleman with um, rheumatoid arthritis and I told him once he tapers off the steroids, then we can do the PRP. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, I would look at the medication list and see if any of them, they might. And also anti-inflammatories can interfere. Yeah. So yeah. I tell people to stay off of anti-inflammatories before and after a procedure like that too. And tying into that question regarding anti-inflammatories, does PRP then cause some kind of inflammation? Yes. And there's another uh, thing I learned, or another modality, it's called prolotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of before PRP. You're injecting substances, the prolotherapy, you're injecting dextrose. Mm -hmm. And uh, PRP is the therapy from your body. You're stimulating some inflammation in your body. And, and that does cause, um, sometimes it causes a little bit of increased swelling and soreness. That is one, uh, sometimes the PRP can be a little painful for, for a couple days. Mm -hmm. So yes, you do increase yes. inflammation as part of the way you're stimulating the healing. Yeah, and that's a big thing is that people shouldn't be scared of like this quick inflammation. There's a difference between just acute and chronic inflammation right. that right. causes cascades more in the body. So this is also interesting. Let's go on to the next topic, which the, actually this had more questions compared to PRP on my stories is, mm -hmm. I, I, and I have a picture on it which is medical marijuana <laughs> it's a very very interactive topic dr sikoro what is it what is it used for how does one get it or not get it <laughs> um again so in Flo florida legalized medical marijuana of right around the time i started my practice in 2017 and i started um in, in Florida, you have to have certain um, diagnoses to be a, to qualify as a patient: cancer, glaucoma, seizures, um, chronic pain, multiple sclerosis, ALS, Crohn's disease, HIV/AIDS. Um, there's some other ones I'm probably missing, 
Um, but basically, again, as since I was doing a lot of pain management in the physical medicine um, world, I wanted another alternative to help my patients with pain. Um, other, you know, I, uh, people who fail the traditional steroid injection surgeries, what, what do we do? So medical marijuana, that's how I started ordering it for my patients. Um, in Florida, you, you have to see a physician and then um, you get a card and then the card is good for the state of Florida. Um, many other states have their own. And I, like I said, I'm only familiar with Florida. I know New York medical marijuana mm -hmm. is well. Yeah. Um, so in Florida, after you get your card, you can go to the dispensary. And um, as a doctor, I basically say what kinds of forms um, they can, the patient can use. And um, the different forms available are oral. They have um, drops that are called tinctures that are put under the tongue. Um, those are usually mixed with oil or some other solvent. Um, those, you know, get absorbed through your bloodstream under your tongue. So they can work fairly fast. Mm -hmm. um, I like those also uh, because people can, you know, you can do a drop or two and see how you feel. And then you can um, titrate your own dose. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one option. They have gummies. They have capsules. Those will take a little longer to work because they have to go through your whole digestive system, but they're also going to last longer. So for my chronic pain patients, a lot of people like to take a capsule at bedtime. It helps mm -hmm. them get through the night to sleep. Um, or, you know, they just don't want to be um, smoking or vaping or the other option. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the nice thing with the smoking and vaping is it works right away within a couple minutes. The bad thing, as you know, be, I mean, you're in cardiac, it, it's putting heated particles in your lungs and not, you know, especially if you have lungs. <laughs> um, so those are the different options. There are also creams and gels and patches mm -hmm. of marijuana, and mm -hmm. those don't alter you. So mm -hmm. some people just like those. They just, they put it um, where on the area where they have pain and they get good pain relief. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, one of your questions was, will I get high from this? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, maybe I worded it was worded differently. But yeah. um, again, you know, yes, you can if you're depending on the dose. So mm -hmm. you can get anywhere from, you know, you've heard of CBD. Mm -hmm. CBD legally in Florida can I have up to 0.3% THC. THC is the, the active component mm -hmm. that can make you high, basically. Mm -hmm. So then the next step up that I like to put people on is called a one-to-one. That's equal parts CBD to THC, but it's still a very low percent of THC. It's less than 1%. So a lot of times I'll start people on that um, with the drops under their tongue to see how they respond. Mm -hmm. If they do well and get pain relief with that, they're not, no, they're not going to get, it's not a very strong one. So they're mm -hmm. not going to feel a whole lot from it. Um, mm -hmm. But in Florida, the products go all the way up to 80%. Mm -hmm. So and it depends on the percent you're on. Yeah. Uh, you know, in general, I like people to stay around 20 to 24 mm percent -hmm. and get some relief, but not be, you know, really out of it. Yeah. So how does the whole medical marijuana work in the body? You said indications like HIV, Crohn's disease. How does it help these types of conditions? Um, so there is a whole and you I'm sure you won't learn this in medical school. <laughs> There is a whole system within our body called the endocannabinoid system. Um, marijuana is a cannabinoid. It, it binds to receptors in our body. 
we have um, endogenous or in our own body cannabinoids that are similar to um, marijuana um, that also bind. So we have natural cannabinoids in our body. Um, the marijuana plant has about, it's over a hundred yeah. different sources. I read 113 cannabinoids. You know, we have receptors in our brain, our spinal cord, all our organs. They're called CB1 and CB2 receptors. So the marijuana binds to those receptors in our body and has different effects. Um, and then it's not it's like when I say marijuana, there's all these different substances. THC is the one that has the psychoactive effect. Mm -hmm. um, like CBD is another one that doesn't. Um, there, like I said, hundreds of other cannabinoids that bind and have different effects in the body. And they're still finding more and, and a lot of research still needs to be done on them. Mm -hmm. All these different compounds. And um, unfortunately, not a whole lot of research is being done in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, you were asking about inflammation. Does it help with inflammation? Yes, it does. They, it works at those, the CB2 receptors are found in the immune system. They're found in T cells. They're found in bone, liver, lungs. So marijuana is actually binding to those receptors and causing a lot of different cellular um, reactions. And um, they found it also really helps with muscle spasms, anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so I won't go into all the science. Yeah. That it's a lot, but basically we have this whole endocannabinoid system that they I never learned about until I yeah. started researching it on my own. For sure. And one of the questions that we also got was if it helps specific to inflammation, if it helps with COVID nineteen. And we actually have a article that you sent me. So again, there there isn't a whole lot of research. This was one study I found when you sent me that question. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, I can't make claims about COVID, yeah. but in terms of inflammation in the body, yeah. um, yes. So that article actually looked at mice. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave, the researchers gave mice um, enterotoxin that caused ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome. That's, a, you know, probably a lot more about it than I do because you've been seeing people with, you've been seeing mm -hmm. that, um, but that's basically the severe lung damage that occurs in pneumonia, in COVID. Um, so what they re in the study with mice, they found that um, when they gave the mice um, IV cannabis or THC, those mice survived the pneumonia and ARDS. That, that again, the researchers caused the pneumonia, yeah. and the mice that did not get the THC died, all of them. So, all of the mice that didn't get the marijuana died, and then the mice that got the marijuana. Yeah. Um, now, what was the mechanism? Um, it is an immune response where mm -hmm. the marijuana did reduce the inflammation, and, and they, they thought it reduced the cytokine storm. Yeah. Again, research needs to be done. Yes. Um, I don't think anybody's doing research with marijuana and COVID. <laughs> I don't think so, yeah. Um, it would be a very interesting study. It was very interesting. That's why when I read the question from one yeah. of my followers, I'm like, oh, we had to ask Dr. Sikora this. Um, so, oh. yeah, that, that was very interesting <laughs> with all of marijuana, all considering from a plant. Yeah. And uh, I think this is also a big thing about regenerative medicine People yeah. get the idea of natural, of organic. Mm -hmm. Does this have 
any relation to that as we also go along to bioidentical hormones, which are our next topic. Absolutely. That's where it kind of ties in. You see a theme with my practice. Um, yes. Yeah, so the bioidentical hormones are plant-based as well. Uh, they are supposed to be more natural and mimic your own body's hormone responses. And, um, you know, I'm not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with synthetic hormones mm-hmm. or they're just much, much more potent than our body's own hormone. And I believe less is more. So if you can get a lower dose of a more natural, more bioavailable mm-hmm. hormone and get relief, um, that's, that's why I use them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, like I said, treat a lot of chronic pain patients. Mm-hmm. Chronic pain lowers your hormone levels. It lowers testosterone. So I found that by improving patients' hormone levels, they get reduced pain. That, that helps them with their healing and make, to make mm-hmm. their own natural stem cells. So again, you're trying to optimize people's health um, yeah. in the most natural way possible in my practice. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I actually have a video here oh, okay. for us, I believe. Oh, okay. The pellet. Yes. Um, so this is my front desk. She agreed to be the <laughs> one. Um, yeah, so she is uh, in her early 50s. She's having, you know, she's in the office every day having hot flashes. Mm-hmm. And what can I do? And she did not want you know we don't have to do pellets we could do um there are hormones bioidentical hormones are available in in lozenges they're available in creams that you can rub on every day and they're absorbed through your body through the skin um but she didn't really want to deal with that she wanted the pellets because they get right in and start to work right away and then you're good for about four months. So, you know, she won't, hopefully she'll get, we just did this procedure on her, um, but we will get, you know, she won't have to do anything for four months. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to deal with a cream every day or, so we were treating her hot flashes and mood changes, irritability with that. Yeah. And just to reiterate for everyone who's coming in, bioidentical hormones are hormone replacements, but natural and plant-based, right, Doc? And I'm back to synthetic and irregular and traditional hormone replacement therapies or HRTs. A big part of it is the side effects of blood clots that we've yeah. seen patients with heart attacks and yeah. strokes from these hormone replacement therapies. Given that bioidentical hormones are natural and plant-based, does that reduce or completely evade that side effect? Um, not 100%. Mm-hmm. You all have a risk. Um, there, there are some studies that have shown, um, you know, there are more cardioprotective effects mm-hmm. with the natural base, the natural estrogens. They're just not as strong. Um, but you know, there's all, there's always a risk with, mm-hmm. with, um, of these. I mean, it's still, you still have the hormones. So again, if somebody is a smoker, you, you know, there's probably mm-hmm. not, yeah. I mean, there, you got to look at all the different risks. Yeah, but if you have a very low dose that you're putting every day in a cream, mm-hmm. you're probably, you're again at probably at a very low risk. Yeah, compared to the traditional ones is the promising part about it. And again, more research needs to be done on and it. More research, I agree, more research needs to be done. And this is also a big and exciting part of the whole thing with delving into regenerative medicine is you're basically, you're basically part of 
you're part of the emerging science. You're yeah. part of the research that's being done. And it's just so exciting. Like, this would be unheard of years ago. This would be considered taboo from decades ago. And it's just exciting how you're part of this movement of going after um, integrative modalities to helping people with their conditions and their pain. Right. I, I mean, again, I've, I practiced a traditional mm-hmm. method for over 10 years. And I think that was actually, it kind of is the answer to one of your first question you sent me was, how do you avoid burnout? Yeah. <laughs> My answer to avoid burnout was to branch out and take, you know, when I started doing this, I thought people will think I'm crazy. I'm not, you know, nobody will come to me. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm saying, don't do your cortisone shot. Don't have your surgery. <laughs> And um, you know what? More and more people are becoming more educated and mm-hmm. want a more proactive approach to their health. And they don't want all of those pills and surgeries. So mm-hmm. um, it, like, yes, it's really exciting to be part of an emerging field. And there's always so much to learn. Yeah. There's sure. not a textbook, like you said, there's not a textbook or a course <laughs> that you can learn. You, you have to really, you have to seek out this knowledge yourself. Um, yeah. Exciting part for me. Yeah. And another question, actually, in relation to all of this plant-based stuff is, are there any plant-based supplements yeah. that you can get over the counter that you do yeah. recommend or suggest? There are. So um, there's one called Black Cohosh. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had great results with that one. Um, my, there's one called Dim, D-I-M. That one I have had some good results with. That you can actually find it in cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, yeah. cabbage, but you don't get enough. <laughs> so you can get the supplement called DIM or DIM. Mm-hmm. That works um, on one of the pathways in the liver where mm-hmm. estrogen is broken down into basically a, a worse type of estrogen. It blocks mm-hmm. the reaction in the liver. So it keeps your kind of good estrogen levels up. Mm-hmm. That one I have seen some good results with, and sometimes I'll tell people to take that with the um, the pellets or the bioidentical hormones. Mm-hmm. Another one I use a lot is DHEA. That is a precursor to testosterone. Mm-hmm. You can get that over the counter. So in people, you know, when you lose testosterone, you um, you know you lose muscle mass, you lose bone density, your your mood. Um, libido. So I've had some patients that we have not even needed to use the bioidentical hormones. They had such great results with the DHEA and they, you know, they found it really, it boosted their natural testosterone. Um, Do I use a lot? There's another one called Christin, um, Mm -hmm. one called Chaseberry. I haven't used them much, but some people have said they have helped. Um, There's another, a lot of them are made from soy like there's some yam um, based ones Mm -hmm. in my experience you're not getting very high levels and you also don't know unless you're using a really good manufacturer you don't know what is exactly in some of those supplements so you have to be careful yeah well the expanse is very wide with all of the supplements and it's a lot and it's amazing how you can incorporate them even to like medical pathways as well so that's a very Interesting. Yes. And I just quickly want to mention like there is a test I do that's an interesting test called the um, micronutrient test. And that actually checks different vitamin and mineral levels in the blood. 
So just related to supplements, rather than my just saying, take all these supplements, I can actually see, um, it's a little different than your regular blood work that mm -hmm. you're at a physical. You can actually see what minerals are low, um, what specific vitamins are wow. low, antioxidants. So I can help people direct what, um, what supplements they should actually be taking. And maybe they're on some they don't need to be on. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, so many people are on multivitamin supplements when yes. they probably don't even need to be. And they're just spending so much money on all these tablets, 60-day tablets, when they're not yeah. deficient in any of those. Well, that's where this test, um, unfortunately, it's not covered by insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horribly expensive. I think it's like 150 something dollars. Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense if you're spending all that money on supplements, at least to like to see if you really need to. Yeah, be if you really need it. Um, so yeah, I've actually had a lot of people. We've cut back on a lot of supplements because they didn't need to be on mm -hmm. all of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just contributing to somewhat an over-the-counter polypharmacy. You know, and everyone gets strenuous as well, drinking ten different types of separate uh, vitamin capsules and tablets. It, it, I mean, in general, I, I tell everybody to be on vitamin D3 right yeah. now. You know, it helps with immunity. Mm -hmm. um, you had another quick question on um, stem cells, what supplements mm -hmm. help stem cells. Um, vitamin C is a good one. Reservatrol is another mm -hmm. one. That's, it's really good for just prolonged aging, uh, anti-aging. It's in like um, red grapes in the skin. Mm -hmm. um, be. curcumin is a really good one to reduce inflammation in your body um but in, in general just avoiding processed foods sugar alcohol is another mm -hmm. one uh, you know, trying to eat more whole foods and, and less inflammatory foods is really mm -hmm. the best if you're not doing that that's the place yeah. to start so are you able to give a percentage wise if possible of how much your lifestyle contributes to the success of the modalities of regenerative medicine treatments? I mean, I don't know if I can give it a, a percent. There's a whole specialty called lifestyle medicine now. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not really, um, you know, I haven't taken too many classes in that. I would say maybe 20%, 20 to 25, mm -hmm. if I had to guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very amazed as well that there's, a, um, I was going through some of Mount Sinai's doctors and there's yeah. categories now of lifestyle medicine and also like obesity medicine and this medicine. It's just amazing how much medicine evolves every single day, basically. Dr. Score, if you have other things you want to tell us, um, this has all been so interesting. Great. Um, I appreciate that, you know, that you invited me and um, I think what you're doing is great. I know you must be working. So. I mean, working... Is it full time that you work? I work in three different jobs, but they're like they're like one day each of the week. But I am full time in school right now, so it's a bit busy. But yeah. it's also interesting, you know. It's great to invigorate the mind, like yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll yeah, that will keep you <laughs> keep you young as well. For sure. I think a big part of also why I did this e-learning initiative is sometimes medicine and healthcare in general can be overwhelming to some people yes. some people don't want to find out what's wrong with them because of all the possible things that they have to do to possibly treat it and many people right. think that 
this is the only way to do this. This is the only way to treat this. But with emerging sciences like regenerative medicine, it gives people hope that there's other modalities that they can go through that will help them in their pain. People don't have to go through pain every single second of their life. So thank you for being there with this medicine to help those people. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I just want to um, thank you for doing this series. I'll be watching your, your interviews and thank learning. Thank you so much. And down the road, we can have Dr. Sikora again because we, because we'll have more science, more research in the next, in the next months, years. Yes, yes. All yes right. So, so we'll, we'll plug it here right now too, okay. actually, for Dr. Sikora Instagram. I'll tag it. It's Dr. Alita Sikora. And she also has a YouTube channel and she also has a website to her practice. So for those who want to go to Florida and might want a vampire PRP facial done. Yeah, a mile from the beach. It's a beautiful town. Get and a it's in the Vero Beach, Florida, right, Dr. Sikora? Yes, yes uh, I'm up that's amazing. Uh, probably an hour and a half north of West Palm Beach. Well, thank you again, and, and yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Dr. Sikora, and thank you, okay. everyone, for tuning in. Um, I you. hope you all stay safe, and you have questions, you can message me and Dr. Sikora. Thank you, Dr. Sikora, okay. for being with thank us. You. Have a good, good night. night. Thank you. Bye-bye.